Darth Vader. Uh, uh, friend-shaped. Not afraid of him. <laughs> Boopable kitty nose. Please, uh, please explain <laughs> why you think Darth Vader is shaped like a friend. <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a Star Destroyer. (laughs) Great. And this week, we take a trip to the galaxy far, far away as we watch Star Wars, the original trilogy. Before we throw ourselves down a space tube to get get away from our deadbeat dad, remember you can help us on Mortified, The Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. Layla, how does it feel to have finally been introduced to a seminal work of American cinema? Uh, pretty cool. I finally am going to get a bunch of the references that the uh, uh, 35 and up crowd that I work with makes. <laughs> oh it's going to be a relief for me. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my managers who, <laughs> who have to watch me go completely uh, slack-jawed and, and hollow-eyed. <laughs> What is this lightsaber you speak of? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, for this week, we rewatched Star Wars Episode 4, 5, and 6, uh, known as the good ones by a lot of the Star Wars fan base. Um, and we're going to debate that, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know that we need to really summarize Star Wars, but Layla, do you want to give us like a brief rundown of, of what you thought happened in this first part of the franchise? Uh, sure. So there's an incredible bisexual named Luke Skywalker, and he finds out he and his sister have cool space wizard powers, and they have to stop their deadbeat dad, who is not, as I found out, the Emperor. (laughs) He's a second to command to the Emperor uh, of the Empire, which is never explained. It just kind of exists as a nebulous evil, and they are part of the rebellion against the Empire, and they have to fight it. That's it. That's the story. It's real easy. I have never been so glad that we're not famous because um, you saying that you thought Darth Vader was the Emperor would absolutely just get our Twitter mentions <laughs> obliterated. He uh, has a cape. You can't blame me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is the only person in that who has a cape. Like, yeah, that's Palpatine, fair. I guess technically has one, but he's like, a it's robe. He's an old man robe. robe. He was. He wants to be comfy in his old age, and that's fair. He's like a jillion years old. Um. All right. So, Layla, do you, did you think it held up to the hype? I mean, everybody talks about Star Wars. It is, you know, a huge part of so many people's childhood and nostalgia, and it is, you know, a multi-billion dollar franchise. Did, I mean, how did it hold up, at least the, the, the first things that really sparked the zeitgeist? Hmm. That's a good question. I It's hard to say, right? I think it, I am confused as to how it blew up into the cultural behemoth it is now. But it was fun. I had a good time. I laughed a bunch. That's a great thing when I'm watching a movie. I do like laughing. Sometimes even at the parts they wanted me to laugh at. You know? <laughs> it was great. I, did, I was delighted. Um, but do I understand how it sparked every fucking thing that's come afterwards? Uh, n- no. Not necessarily. No. I think that's completely fair. Um, and that's like, that's a lot, a lot of the part of the stuff that like a lot of the media we've talked about is so influenced by Star Wars. Like 
you know, we feel like Star Wars is not not that novel once we go back and watch it. But like, listen, I don't know a whole lot about the history of early Star Wars, but my understanding is that George Lucas had this wild idea. He wanted to do Flash Gordon, um, but instead he did this, uh, and it it blew up in a way that he could not have predicted, and it became, you know, this cultural icon. A bunch of nerds were like, I love this shit. The first 20 minutes were just some robots walking around the desert, and you know what? I'm here for it. And, like, that's... Now we have fucking (laughs) Disney buying Lucasfilms, and, you know, this Disney now owns another part of Nostalgia, which is very (laughs) interesting. Um, We'll talk about that in a bit. But, yeah, it it is so strange to, to look back on these films and be like, you know listen at the risk of getting torched like they're not the best movies i've ever seen (laughs) certainly i'll say this right i think the most diplomatic way i can put it is they're just not polished well the first one's not very polished the second the second and the third are are episodes uh five and six are are more polished but you if it's okay if you're me and you're watching this with fresh eyes uh it is surprising as to how hot a mess the first one is. It's it's quite messy. It's weirdly paced. There's a lot of really redundant dialogue. Uh, the the uh, uh, cinematography is like mostly very good, but there are some moments where, you know, there's some scene transitions that are, I'll say, questionable. Uh, you know, the characters aren't, they're, they're very like, I wrote a whole essay on like, and the amount of development you give a character, they're not very fleshed out, but they don't have to be, right? Because it's like a very simple good versus evil story. It's easy to latch onto, easy to understand. And there's nothing clearer to me that this was supposed to be a one-off movie than the fact that it's episode four's plot gets recycled for episode six because they couldn't come up with anything bigger than a Death Star. Listen, I have some bad news for you about the sequel trilogy, but um, that sort of thing happens a lot in Star Wars, unfortunately. But I think you're completely right. Nothing is clear that Star Wars is just completely always by the seat of its pants, except for Lucas's uh, sequ- or prequel trilogy. But like this one, th- then watching this one, because like you see, like okay, yeah, we have the big planet destroying space station. That's a crazy thing that's going on, and we have this weird love triangle going on between you know this. Uh, a teenage space wizard and this, you know, hot princess and, you know, her hot scoundrel, uh, you know, smuggler guy. And then like, also that love triangle ends with two of them being related. <laughs> like that's, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. I, I think in one of the books, Luke and Leia had kids and they did not know they were going to be siblings so they had to retcon a bunch of stuff i remember reading something about that once upon a time could be wrong um but that is something that's that's in my recollection because you you know living in 2020s star wars is like embedded in the cultural zeitgeist so like even by osmosis like i knew some things about it like i knew luke and leia were siblings which made watching it really weird because Mm -hmm. they do kiss yeah, for like five seconds. It's a whole it, thing. It's yeah, I don't I didn't like that at all. Um And I think we'll get into this more when we talk about Han and Leah uh, and how I felt about that. But I will say I wish they had known they were siblings earlier because I think one thing that could have made this trilogy a lot better is Luke getting to bully Han. And I think as as the brother and boyfriend, you have that privilege. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and it, it is a shame that they didn't know what they were doing throughout the entire plotting of all of these movies. Um, but yeah, the the Luke and Leia stuff is one of my biggest criticisms of the franchise is that they built this whole fucking relationship around this incestuous like weird love triangle it's it's bad but um let's let's talk about the characters um so real quick rundown just straight up what are your thoughts on c3po and r2d2 i hated c3po i love r2d2 you hate c3po i hate c3po he made chewbacca sad Listen, he is a proper protocol droid. He's just doing what his programming asks, and his programming asks that he be a little bitch constantly. He sucks. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm going to spoil something for you in the prequel trilogy, but um, do you know why he sucks? Oh, God. Why? Who do you think made C-3PO? Oh, is it Anakin? Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I, I, I'm so excited for, you know, in another 12 months when we watch the prequel trilogy and you're like, wow, Star Wars is actually bad. <laughs> well, that being said, I love Natalie Portman. So, OK, we'll yeah, Natalie I, might be, Portman, I might be kinder to those movies because of her. We'll, we'll we'll see. But like, uh, that's 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 one example of like Star Wars being extremely stupid is that like everything is connected and C-3PO is secretly built by Annika Skywalker. Um R2 is great. Um, R- R2 is just, you know, he- he's a little spunky droid who is cute and brave and, and does his best, and we love him. Um, Luke Skywalker, how do you feel about that guy? Oh, God, I fucking love Luke Skywalker. I- I- correction, I like him in movies one and, or sorry, four, episodes four and six. Episode five, Luke Skywalker is a little too emo for me. Oh, really? What makes yeah. you say that? He's like too emo. I don't know. The whole movie is really emo. It separates the trio, which sucked. And then the whole movie, he's just like, you know, hanging out with Yoda. And he's like, oh, I have to be a Jedi. I can't pull out this boat. This is stupid. Where the fuck is my plucky bisexual farm boy? Where did you put him? That's not my plucky f- bisexual farm boy. What happened? Is this finally the grief of losing two uncles hitting him? He finally is he grieving now? Like, I just, I didn't like it. And, but, you know, in episode six, we get him uh, uh, coming to Jabba the Hutt as a hologram saying, hey, I'm going to give you a couple of warnings, but if you don't give me my friend back, I will fuck your whole shit up. I will uh, slaughter I every single one of your cool <laughs> fucking entourage. <laughs> Including your sick toy elephant drummer. I'm going to fuck his shit up especially. That oh, was good. Rip I- to the elephant drummer. Um, yeah, he was, he was cool. Luke is like weirdly whiny throughout the entire series, though, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his first line is like, I wanted to go to Tashi Station to, you know, I don't want to go to Tashi Station. I want to hang out with my friends. I don't want to do the power converter bullshit. And like he he constantly has that tone until like, like you said, and you know, he, he becomes kind of more mature in episode six. And he's like, I'm just going to kill everyone. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, uh, he also gets some of the coolest lighting. So in Ep 5, uh, when there's that intervention scene with Yoda and uh, Ben Kenobi's Force Ghost, they like backlight him. So half of his face is in shadow and half of it's in light. And they do that again when he's in uh, the Cloud City and half of his face is behind a white wall and the other half is in shadow. Like they do some really cool shit to be like, he's struggling between the two sides of the Force. Um but I did I did not like him very much in Ep Five, but uh, four and six he was great. That's valid. Um, yeah. How do you feel about uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> Ben Kenobi? 
<laughs> cool, cool uncle. Uh, I thought there was going to be more of him, but I guess it's a prequel trilogy thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to save uh, your favorite, uh, Han Solo. <sighs> How do I feel about Han Solo? Well, here's the thing. I didn't like him very much for a long time. I actually pretty actively pissed me off for a long time. Um, Didn't like him in episode four because he went away and then got all the glory in the end, even though he just came back for the last five minutes of the battle. Uh, I didn't like him in episode five because, like we said, they didn't plan this to be a trilogy. So all of his and Leia's romantic development happened off screen. So if you take the movies without the, if you take them in all three in a row without the like years in between them that audiences got where they could like feasibly you know, pre-streaming, pre-everything, be like, oh yeah, I saw that movie a couple years ago. I could see the chemistry between them, you know, because there was some. Um, He calls her sweetheart and, like, makes her workplace a hostile environment constantly by being in her space. Um, Hated that uh, very much. I started to come around to him a little bit. I don't like him, but I don't hate him anymore uh, in ep six because that motherfucker apologized after yelling at his girlfriend, and I appreciated that. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Han Solo is kind of a creep, especially in Ep 5. But like, you know, in Ep 4, he's just like, I only care about money. And I'm just kind of like a cool scoundrel. And like, I, you know, the Disney edit, this is one of the, the edits. But like, so the the Han shot first thing um, in that bar where the, the little the green man hunts him down, uh, they edited it in, in to make it look like Han shot second. So that way he wouldn't be like just murdering someone. But in the original, uh, you know, the green, he shoots the green man first and it's like a whole big deal. Um, Oh, I'm familiar with the Han shot first, green shot first controversy. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. I thought it was stupid as hell because it's, it's, it's a little part in the opening of a, but that's the thing, right? Is like you, if you have a scoundrel character, you need to take them to their logical extreme because they come in like three flavors basically, right? And uh, my, my friend Marty and I, um, heart-forge.teller.com, very, very smart writer. Um, but we had this discussion when we were, when I was like, Hey, I finished my Star War for today. Um, we talked a little bit about Han Solo and how, like, if you have a scoundrel character, you should take them to their logical extreme, right? So if they're, like, a scoundrel scoundrel that only wants money, you need to take them to their logical extreme and and be like, okay, well, he's going to be a mega scoundrel, but he has to be charming. But because they were, like, really indecisive about Han because he has to be a scoundrel but also a hero, like, it just felt wishy-washy and none of it felt sincere. And again, they, like, the way they tried to ham up his scoundreliness was by making him kind of a like an uncomfortable man to work with for Leia, which sucked. Like, if you're going to ham up his scoundreliness, make him a smuggler for the the rebellion. Like, make him deal with the shady people to get the rebellion some help and, like, show that Leia becomes his, like, uncrossable line over time, you know? So there's, like, ways to do it, but it just, it didn't, I, he annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair, and I think you're right. Like he does get better, but only because they've had three movies to like actually develop his his character and like you know take a look back and be like maybe we should make him less of a weird, <laughs> creepy guy. Um, Chewbacca, Angel, perfect. Next, yeah, uh, Darth Vader. 
Uh, uh, friend shaped. Not afraid of him. <laughs> Boopable kitty nose. Please, uh, please explain <laughs> why you think Darth Vader is shaped like a friend. Okay, it's very hard to do this in an audio medium, but I'm gonna have to try. So, okay, if you look at Darth Vader, so the thing about art is it shapes, right? It's everything is shapes. Everything is shapes in light. That's all it is. Shapes light. It's math with interpretation. So... If you look at Darth Vader's helmet, which audience, I'm going to give you a second. I'm rambling a little bit just to give you some time. Pull up the Google machine. Google Darth Vader helmet and come with me on this journey. First of all, his helmet is rounded at the top and has a little mushroom flare. So if you just look at the silhouette of the helmet, it looks like a little mushroom. It's cute. I like it. His eyes are very large and round, friend-shaped, bug eyes, like that. He seems very helpful, like a helper. You know, I like that about him. And then if you look at his mouth, it's just a little triangle. I think that's goofy as hell. And it's too close to his big, beautiful eyes for me to think he's scary. His face isn't disproportionate enough. He seems friendly. Um, and then I'm, by the time episode five rolled around, I really got a look at Mr. Vader, um, who, by the way, uh, Vater in German is father, so it's literally dark father. I see what you're doing, Mr. Lucas, and it's fun. I like it. It's delightful. Um, <laughs> uh, if you really look at the center between the cute mouth and the cute round eyes, he's got a boopable little kitty nose. It's really cute. <laughs> I can't. Darth, Darth Vader is adorable, and I'm not scared of him. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> it's just, I'm Listen, right. I'm not going to say anything because if some segment of the internet finds this, we're all going to be murdered. So. <laughs> okay, so I, I talk about Bioware a lot, but like uh, Mass Effect and Andromeda had like a very similar problem in that the Cath are also very round and friend shaped and I wasn't scared of them. So this is not a new point for me. <laughs> oh my God, that's the hottest take ever. I'm I'm very proud of you. Um, I, well, it's demonstratively correct. If you want a diagram, mortifiedpod at gmail.com. I will be happy to elaborate. Oh, Christ. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, um, how, what do you feel about Princess Leia Organa? Uh, we skipped Lando. So real quick, Lando, oh, okay. uh, fine. I just want to make sure everyone thinks knows that I think Lando is fine. I thought he was fine. He's actually part of the reason I liked Han Solo more towards the end, because I thought their relationship was nice. Uh, Lando fucked up, and then he made amends. That's nice. I like that a lot. <clears throat> Princess Leia. I would lay down my human life for Princess Leia Organa. I love her so fucking much. She wakes up, that bitch wakes up every fucking day and chooses violence. And I love that. She is. She chooses violence in Ep 4. She chooses violence in Ep 5. And she fucking strangles Jabba the Hutt with that chain in that shitty, stupid metal bikini in Ep 6. And I thought that was great. I thought that was heroic. I think that the defining line of at four should have been when she says get in the trash shoot fly boy that is my favorite line in cinema history that's so fucking good she's great i love her so much i love literally everything about her she's never done anything wrong I just truly she gets to be cool. She gets to be kind of mean. She gets to be still a little feminine. She's a princess, but she'll shoot the shit out of you. And she's not bad at shooting either. You know, sometimes women will get a gun and it'll be like, pew, pew, pew. No, no pink guns, bitch. She gets the same blaster as everyone else. And she's good at that shit. And she will take the blaster out of your hand if you're being slow about it. And she'll fucking kill it. I... I was not expecting her to be that good because I was like, this is a woman written by a man in the 70s and 80s. 
she'll probably, you know, I want, I will want to like her, but find some, no, I love, I love her. I love her. I love her. I would, I, she's, but <laughs> sir, you made a really good woman. She's really good. I really like her. And it makes me all that much sadder about Carrie Fisher. Cause I thought she was really funny and nice. Carrie Fisher, you know, God rest her soul, uh, really did make that character and like that whole trilogy by herself. Like, uh, that it needed somebody who was like mean and like kind of uh, a wild card and willing to just like be like, hey, idiots, we're gonna go kill some fascists. And like, I I loved that. I, I you know, reading your notes, I just really did come to appreciate Carrie Fisher's just like you know ability to enact that character and be like, yeah, I'm kind of like a, a spoiled brat, but also I'll just murder people um, because I you know I am also a career politician and like. Uh, in the in the extended universe, I think we we lose a lot of a lot of her fire, which is uh, frustrating because a lot of people are like, you know, Leia was a diplomat and she was able to make you know problems go away and she was able to bring people together. Like, no, nah, if you watch the movie, she just fucking shoot you if you're being annoying. She shot some bitches, and I, I mean, like a lot of that had to go away in the extended universe because she had to be a mom. If Leia got to be Leia, like if if they didn't soften Leia for some reason in in the newest trilogy and the I don't know that's I don't that sequel trilogy I guess. yes technically um yeah if they didn't soften her to be a mom in the sequel trilogy Kylo Ren would not have turned to the dark side she would have kicked his fucking ass <laughs> yeah no <laughs> single handedly it would have been great <laughs> yeah there would be no more being a bitch boy son there you would be fine he would be very competent and a good boy. If they let Leia kick his ass a little bit, because that's what she would do. And the disrespect the sequel trilogy put on her name is truly staggering. Uh, I have to go back and change the ending to my Star Wars Episode Nine fan fiction now. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Leia, Leia absolutely slams it. Um, just, uh, God, you can see why, right? Even with the the context of like having seen Star Wars tropes be reenacted a bajillion times over in the last forty years, I think like can you see why people like this became a thing? Because there are beats like Leia being this wild, uh, cool uh, boss bitch, and then you know Luke Skywalker being a moody emo bisexual, and all the weird Muppets that they meet. <laughs> like Muppets <sighs> are so good. Episode four makes me so happy. Because, like, sometimes the aliens are really cool and really well-designed and, like, neat as hell. And, like, there, I, the one that stands out to me is there was this one in the cantina, I think, that was just flat. He kind of <laughs> looked, like, clippy but sideways. I was like, that's dope. That's really cool that they did that. I don't know how that works. That's nice. And then in the background of that same shot is a dude in a party city mask. And I love that. <laughs> just hanging so out. Good. <laughs> It's just it felt so slapdash but like such a labor of love and it was such a bummer that the the next movies and that well, everything that followed like takes itself so seriously because at four didn't and that's what was fun about it um but yeah going back to leia i think i think she was robbed in a couple of respects uh um we'll get into like how ep6 got like weird and i didn't why i thought it was the weakest one of these three but I do appreciate that Luke tells her before he goes off, hey man, uh, I got all this training and shit, but like, if I die, it's you. You're the last hope of the universe. Like, you are force sensitive. Or you have the force. And she's like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm your brother, dude. It's in our family. 
and that's like the the sibling reveal. I thought that was nice. But again, think about it. If they got to find out they were siblings earlier, if they have planned that they were going to be siblings, um, we could have gotten Jedi Leia. I, that like. I don't want to watch the sequel trilogy because I know she's not a Jedi. I would like to invent my own fantasy where she is because I think that would be cool. Uh, I think there would be... There was one extremely metal line in F5 where Darth Vader and Luke are uh, fighting and he goes, You may have the Force, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. I was like, Oh, yes, that's good. I like that. Can you imagine if Leia popped in and she was actually a fucking Jedi because she's more emotionally competent than her bitch whiny brother? Oh, my God. Oh, that's so good. It got so close. But yeah, no, Leia. Oh, God, I love her. She's so good. I haven't liked a character this much in a really long time. It's, it's just nice to like like a character. That's, you know, I, I feel bad a lot because a lot of my favorite characters are dudes. But it's just because women don't get the same treatment when they're being written. And Leia's just so good. I'm, oh, man, I'm so excited. I love her. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's all completely valid. And like, you're right, the sequel trilogy does not do her or Carrie Fisher justice. Um, and, you know, we could talk about the sequel trilogy another time. But yeah, it, it is good to see that, like, you know, they're, they're, this franchise does have such interesting roots. Um, and, and like, that, it all comes from like the fact that like these actors, like Luke, Mark Hamill rather, was just like some guy that a person knew. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, do you need somebody to audition for this part? Yeah, my friend Mark, he's like, you know, he's in town. Do you want to talk to him? Like he completely by accident became one of the most famous actors in history. Like, you know, and then fucking Harrison Ford, who is still out there playing with weird CGI dogs, like and also vocally hated star wars like continues to hate star wars to this day like one of his most famous lines is like man george you can write this shit but you cannot make me say it like because some of the lines are so bad and you know carrie fisher who's just like obi like tweets out random stuff like you know (laughs) obi Quan kenobi who the fuck are you like uh star wars star wars is wild I want that tweet tattooed on my body. It's just, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, whoever the fuck you are, you're my only hoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, yeah, well, okay, so have I talked about the career trajectories of Mark Hamill and uh, 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 Harrison Ford on this podcast yet? I, I feel like we talked, about, we talked about Harrison Ford. I don't know that we talked about Mark Hamill, but we do, do them now both because it's very appropriate. <laughs> So Harrison Ford is chasing that bag. That man will go wherever the bag is. He is, that dog movie is objectively hilarious because he had to scratch the tummy of a grown man to make it a CGI dog later. Harrison Ford, if you're like, hey, Harrison, we remember you from the good Star Wars. Uh, And he might be like, I hated the Star Wars. He's like, well, great, because we have a whole new concept for you. And here's a big fat sack of cash. And Harrison Ford will be like, fuck yeah, easiest gig in the world. And he'll take it. And I love that for him. I think that's fantastic. I think actors uh, should... I think there's there's more, more than enough room in Hollywood for actors to chase that fucking bag. Mark Hamill took the Star Wars money and is just cruising with it. Because that motherfucker is in every voice cast of every competent animated show I've seen in the recent years. He is in Troll Hunters. He is uh, in the series for What We Do in the Shadows. He is, yeah, he's uh, Jim the Vampire, which is, I think, a fantastic role in my favorite episode of that series. Vampire it- James, sure. 
Yeah, he, he's a bartender in a small pencil. Oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. He comes to a small Pennsylvania town to track down one of the the protagonists. It's very good. He then he ends up coaching a girls' volleyball team. Great episode. Good television. Um, but yeah, he's just doing like Mark Hamill just does a bunch of low key weird shit all the time. He was fucking. He's the, he's the gay uncle in Kingdom Hearts, which I know doesn't really narrow it down. Everyone's kind of a gay uncle, but he's uh, Master um, he's Master Ericus, and then. He gets to go to gay heaven at the end. It's, it's <laughs> With Leonard Nimoy or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, incredible careers. And then obviously Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, didn't. Uh, she was she was a, a very prolific script doctor while she was alive. So a lot of people will come to her with, like, writing things in Hollywood. I think um, she even, she, she did I, I'm pretty sure she doctored some of the scripts for the Star Wars stuff, too, because oh, sure. if you compare this to the prequel movies, there's no way anyone touched those but George Lucas. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah, uh down with auteur culture honestly now carrie fisher is a prolific uh script doctor and and um i am very interested in reading her biographies i thought you know she she kind of came out of my radar while she was doing press tours for star wars but um i really liked her i thought she was wonderful and and like just a just a pleasure to like watch interview um and when she died it was really sad yeah no it was just at the end of 2016 it was fucking miserable um rest in peace carrie fisher you're we did not deserve you um speaking of all speaking of the prequel trilogy i think you can tell right listen we love to dunk on hideo kojima and um tetsuya nomura but like there is no where where auteur theory gets most critically just shadracked than looking at the work of George Lucas. I mean, you can tell some of the shit that just happens in this. There there are lines, there are, you know, plot points that are just so wild. Like, George Lucas is, is you know, has a wonderful imagination, don't get me wrong, but, like, every single one of these trilogy movies starts with a 30-minute sequence that does not do anything for the plot. Like, listen... I love the battle on the planet or the sixth moon of Hoth. I love the ATATs. Those are my favorite fucking big military vehicle of all time. None of that adds to the plot, really, except for the creepy bits with Han Solo. Like, <sighs> no, but I like that ATAT battle way better than I like R two and C three PO wandering around for twenty minutes before we ever meet Luke fucking Skywalker. <laughs> that was the first one. The first one that launched his fucking. And this other, you know, blue and white idiot walking around the sand and they have a fight and then some little yellow-eyed guys tase them both and sell them as slaves. And, like, that's the sequence. Luke Skywalker doesn't appear to, like, 17 minutes in. And that's, like, a, a movie that's a little bit under two hours. That's so much time. They're, two Lucas hours spent it all minutes. on world building and, you know, just setting up this stuff. And it's just, you can't do that. You certainly can't do that anymore. And, like, the fact that he did it back then is just wild. And, like, I kind of... You have to respect the man for that. Like, I don't know if he did it intentionally. I suspect he didn't. Like, I thought he was... Just, I bet he was like, no, this is a totally normal way to do films. But, like, God help me, it seemed to work, apparently. 
I guess so. I mean, yeah. It, oh man, that opener was wild because I just remember like even making the note of like, I have been watching this movie for 20 minutes and I have not seen Luke Skywalker yet. Like I am aware that he is the protagonist of these films and I should hope I have time to get to know him <laughs> before, before the second movie. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, auteur theory is, is quite something, man. So I, <sighs> It's not a bad movie. It's really not. Like, it's fine. I had a good... It's, again, had a great time. Cool, cool uh, worlds. Two of these I movies liked, are pretty um, good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. It's, you know... I wish we had more of that now, of, like, a, a director or a writer being like, listen, I have this fucked up idea. Hear me out. And then just, like, taking it and getting it made. I think that's really neat. I think Guillermo del Toro is doing a lot of that right now. But, you know, obviously his movies only come out every, like... 14 years because Hollywood. But um, he, by the way, is involved in the new Pinocchio with Laika, which I'm oh, very excited I'm about. I'm terrified for a Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. That sounds horrifying. Uh, shout out to my mentor from college who uh, just got it, uh, a job on it. So uh, shout out, Parker. Congratulations. Uh, you will never hear this. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really... They're fine. They're fine movies. But to think that... He got a blank check for two and three is insane because, listen, I I don't specialize in live action production. Like, I don't really know. But you can tell when something got a budget upgrade. And episode five and six got insane budget upgrades. Like, wh- that AT&T fight is the most AT&T. <laughs> AT&T fight. <laughs> it, the AT&T fight is the thing that I do every six months when I'm trying to switch over to a, from Verizon. Oh, oh no. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, 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 it's cool, but it's expensive, right? There's, like, shit crashing everywhere. Uh, they have to do the whole harpoon sequence is really neat. You know, they got a bunch of extras and costumes and, and the whole underground base is neat and that collapses in on itself constantly han solo at one point has to shove luke into an animal that's probably pretty pricey uh you know it's it's you could tell i got a budget upgrade but like watching the first movie why <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like how did this happen the answer i think has to do with toy sales i'm pretty sure um because like i i think i briefly mentioned earlier but it's not a difficult story to grasp it's very good versus evil they don't even show you ever why the empire is evil it just is well i mean they do have a machine that blows up planets yeah, but I mean, like, you know, usually if you're trying to drive the the point home, you're not just going to have them blow up a planet for, like, a character you don't know about. They try to connect it to Leia, but, like, it doesn't work that well uh, because she doesn't suffer any personal loss about it. But, uh, you know, usually you'll get, like, them kicking a kid or something. It's upsetting, you know, something blatant and evil, uh, being mean to a puppy. And that never happens. They're just kind of nebulously evil and have no overarching goal other than being evil. <laughs> so it's not like a hard story to grasp, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I know it's for children, right? I think we should always keep in mind that this is primarily a chil- a kid's movie, even if it's no, got don't some- Don't tell Mr. Lucas that. Are you, really? Does, does he think it's not a kid's film? Well, considering the episode six had a lot of alien titties in it, 
Listen. And Jabba the Hutt did have sex slaves. I feel like he maybe thought his audience was more adult at that point. You, you might be right. Um, that's fair. A- episode six is wildly horny. Uh, yeah, I hate it very much. Thanks, Mr. Lucas. Uh, should we talk about why episode six didn't work for you? Or me, yeah. frankly? Yeah, let's talk about it. Why didn't it work for you as somebody who is like more familiar with the series than I am? Episode six is just such a weird... Because it suffers from all the problems of trying to end a trilogy with all the problems of, you know, a lot of expectations that like, oh, this is going to be the big end to this final, you know, this final fight. And also we set up that there's a second Jedi out there somewhere. And also, you know, we got to reunite the gang. But also like, you know, you can see George Lucas is getting more and more ability to control the narrative. He's getting less collaborators. Um, you can also, and also the fact that like they didn't plot out the, the plot, right? So they have to weave all these threads together and it's like, okay, so I didn't tell you that Darth Vader was your father, but I did kind of tell you if you think about it. Um, and then like, we also get, you know, the fact that they're related and just a, a bunch of wild shit. But like, I think, I think the main thing is just like, there, there are a lot of long sequences that don't necessarily add to character or plot. They're, they're, they're decent action sequences for the time, I'm sure, but like, eh, they don't really have the same narrative heft. I don't think we really get to see, like, I don't feel like we get Leia or Han gets a really good narrative payoff. It, it's really just Luke and Darth Vader that, that sort of see their arcs complete. And, and just like, there's, like you said, a lot of weird alien titties. That, that's definitely a turnoff. Yeah, the whole, I mean, like, you know, everyone, every one of these movies has to have a miscellaneous 20-minute opener. You have the the droid wander, the AT-AT fight. I'm going to be very careful about pronouncing that <laughs> to not uh, anger AT&T, you know. Uh, uh, we love corporations. We love corporations <laughs> here at Mortified Pod. Please sponsor yeah. us. Uh, please, please sponsor us. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the one for the... Episode six is that wild Jabba the Hutt sequence. Their plan is that everyone gets captured. That's their plan. You didn't, which I thought was hilarious. You didn't need to make it that long. It didn't need to be that long at all. Leia did not need to be in a bikini for it. You know what would have made it shorter? If their plan worked. (laughs) It didn't need to not work. Jabba the Hutt's not important enough for it to have not worked and to extend his stay. Also, hear me out. Uh, if he was going to have sex slaves, they should have been other worm ladies. I should have seen a worm woman shaking her fat on that stage because Jabba the Hutt's a worm. Why uh, was it? Why did he have human standards of beauty all of a sudden? Listen, we... Oh, God. If we had another 30 minutes, we could talk about the way that Twi'leks are traded in the Star Wars franchise and, you know, the hot reproductive cycle. Um, because I'm the worst... Star Wars is one of those franchises that I'm, like, d- unfortunately know a lot about. I spend a lot of time on Wikipedia, Wikipedia uh, in my life. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, so I that made me unhappy. I didn't like that. I get. I do love that Leia got to kill him, but I only like that she got to kill him because he put her in a metal bikini, and that's stupid. Why did he want to put her in a metal bikini? Does he just have sized Leia shaped bikinis that are metal lying around? Does he just have like a collection of them? Can he only have sex slaves that are this perfect like size? You know, like, what's what's happening? What, what is going on? I hated it. I hated the dancing. I hated 
I R2D2 and 3PO should have rolled in. I did I did think that Luke not telling 3PO. That's really good. Gift. That was funny. <laughs> that was good. By the way, but 3PO, I, you're a slave now. <laughs> ah, sorry, 3PO, we'll get you. Uh, that's another very funny... Uh, I think 3PO situationally is very funny. Uh, there's a moment in the second one where um, uh, uh, Lando walks in and he's like, is everything okay? Having trouble with your droid? And Han goes, no. And 3PO's in peace. <laughs> it's just good. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, 3PO and R2 get captured. Leia shows up as that smuggler with Chewie. Chewie gets captured, busts out the droid. Leia busts out Han, calls him useless. They go meet Luke outside. There's your fucking opener. I don't, I don't understand why we had to go through that whole rigmarole. Was it to show that Luke has cool powers now? Because guess what? We know he fought Darth Vader. We don't need another demonstration. We really don't. You know what would have been better to fill up that runtime? Him teaching Leia. Yeah. Just saying. I, I think, saying, I think that's valid. I think that they had, you know, cut that sequence in half and then spent another 15 minutes being like, hey, Leia, here's a lightsaber. Let's f- fuck this, our dad up. That'd be so sick if they had a Leia, em- Leia Luke, Emperor, Darth Vader duel at the end. That would have been fucking awesome. And hear me out. That's how you raise the fucking stakes. If you're going to recycle the plot. If you're from- going to put a second into the star. <laughs> Because you can't think of anything bigger than a Death Star. If you're going to recycle the plot from your first opener because you're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. If I knew this was going to be a trilogy, I would not have used the Death Star. And that first movie, the Death Stars are cool. That's fine. But if you know how you raise the stakes? While Luke and Leia are having their training montage, have the Emperor and Darth Vader have a training montage where Darth Vader gets, like, extra evil, you know? And has to sacrifice, like, the last of his good side. So that when Luke shows up, he's like, no, 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 I felt some good in my dad. It's not there anymore. Anymore. There's your fucking dramatic tension. He was right. He's not anymore. Darth Vader sacrificed the last of it to be super mega cool, powerful, sexy man with a kitty nose. And then you team up with your cool sister to take him the fuck down. Like, Mr. Lucas, call me. <laughs> Let's talk about your 30 year old movie. <laughs> oh, If Mr. Lucas was in the habit of listening to people, I think Star Wars would be a much better franchise. I know, it's wishful. If he was in the habit of seeking out any advice from any women. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, that's just, you know, me talking about like how there's a Star Wars is so vague in this original trilogy that it could have gone a million different ways. That's just me kind of riffing off the top of my head as to like what would make sense to me from the way I see the world, right? I'm not saying like that's the only solution to a quote unquote fixed F6, which I thought was like fine again. It was okay. Not great. Uh, F4, I think, was was my favorite still. But yeah, it's it's just... Much like Chain of Memories, it gets so close. So close. So, so close to being so good, but then just, like, whiffs it in the 11th hour. And uh, I just, like... I liked the movies. I thought they were fun and cool. And, like, I like Luke Skywalker and Leia. I think they're neat. You know, I, I would love to, like, see more content with them specifically i hear luke shows up in the mandalorian i might pursue that uh yeah it was great um but golly did it fall apart at the end a little bit there i wish it didn't oh we never did talk about yoda i do want to make one point about yoda i like that he's a little rascal that is a lot of yoda's charm is that he's just like a weird old dude (laughs) quite rascally um but as far as like falling apart at the end star wars is unfortunately 
pretty notorious for that. It, it's what happens in episode at, at the end of the prequel or the sequel trilogy. Surprisingly, the the last movie in the prequel trilogy, I would argue, is the best. Um, but like, yeah, Star Wars getting so close is is very similar to you know the entire franchise's arc but because they do all these this exciting stuff and they have all these imaginative worlds i think that you know that's why we get this this popularity but if i mean listen i think you would actually like the mandalorian now that you've been introduced to star wars um because if you want stuff that i mean it still has like a crazy high budget but if you want stuff that's more like episode four that's like hey here's some weird old space stuff and like you know, these characters have arcs, but also, like, everybody sort of feels like they're just, like, kind of doing their own thing. Um, I think you might like episode, um, or season, season one of The Mandalorian, if, you know, you have any interest in watching that, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, we, we can, if, if you ever get into that, we could talk about it at a different time, but, um, one of these days we are gonna watch the prequel trilogy and then and then we'll be in the shit <laughs> and that'll be a good day I, I look forward to that day yeah yeah prequel trilogy is gonna be something i don't know if we'll ever make it to the sequel trilogy just because i know what happens and it makes me so angry if we ever so... if we ever do the sequel trilogy i won't make you watch the last one because i refuse to watch the last one again yeah i haven't watched the last one i watched the first two on plane rides a while ago but like Oh man! Is it, again, like the, the the critical fault of these movies is taking themselves too seriously and trying to like loop back to things. Just keep pushing forward with nonsense. We will follow. It doesn't have to make sense. I had a delightful time in four, and four made no fucking sense at all. It's so, a it's a series about space wizards fighting fascists. It doesn't have to be a grand okay. narrative doesn't have to be a grand narrative so uh for all you future filmmakers out there make something weird it's gonna i'll watch it probably you know and you'll have if you're one of our few fans i'll be one of your few fans that's not a promise but it is an intention we'll, we'll do our best layla uh, when you are not uh making weird things or you know consuming weird things where do people find you on the internet I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S-N, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I just wrote an essay about finding spirituality in video games. It's still kind of the most recent thing I've done. going to be kind of vibing through the end of May because I'm moving cross-country. Aaron, what about you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL. Uh, you can find the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys, uh, where me and my ex-evangelical evangelical friends talk about Christian media. Uh, we're actually recording the next episode about Veggie Tales right after this, uh, so that's going to be wild. Um, my personal projects, I just wrote an essay about the uh, Catholic Church's explanatory note they released last... Uh, actually, it's two weeks now, basically. Um, so I, I, I'm proud of it, and um, I also released a free tabletop RPG called Crafticking. Uh, if you want to, you know play a fun game with your players and help build an antagonist. I think it's a fun way to sort of fill out their backstory and it's free. So, you know, you're not going to be out any money if you download it. Uh, you can find that, uh, you know, at, at my Twitter at Aaron SXL. Um, our theme song is obsolete by Keshko from the album filmmaker filmmakers reference kit volume two. Find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, what do we, what do we always say to them? Get in the trash chute, fly boy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We'll see you next week. <laughs>